we're back. And we're back. And we're back. I'm Binge Monster. And I'm a Green Queen. And I'm a very jealous Binge Monster. I'm super excited to hear about Allie's experience at Anime NYC without me. <laughs> um, Allie, let's jump right in. Let's how, do it. Like, how do you even begin to unpack what happened at Anime NYC? Like, where should we start? So I, um, let's start, I guess, with like my, my overall thoughts. Like I definitely yeah. have notes on, you know, specific things I, events I did, like folks I met, um, interviews that we did, but like overall it was a really great weekend. I'll say that. Mm. <clears throat> And, like, I've never been to a convention for three days. This is only my third time even going to a convention. Um, right. I went for one day last year to Anime NYC. I went on Friday. Um, and then I went to New York Comic Con this past year, or this, you know, the one that just happened on Sunday. And then I had bought a ticket for Anime NYC for Saturday because I didn't know if we would be accepted for press. And then we were, thank, thank goodness. Um so I will say it is a lot <laughs> to do a convention for three days. Like it just is, you know, and like if you were to go from like start to end, like we did start to end on Friday. We didn't actually super early start to end. We were there like way before things were set up, way before things were ready. I was just like anxious and like wanted to get there. Um, and then Saturday we were like, Friday was a big day, lots of excitement, lots of things running around. So we went like a little later. We went more like a half hour before it opened. Um, and then Sunday, same thing. I think we got there like right when everything opened. Um, but it's definitely a long weekend. Like the people that go and like have different cosplays every day or if they work it, like the people working there, my heart goes out to you because like it's – it's a lot to go to a convention. There's just so much happening. There's so many people, even just the walking around, like, you know, it, it just can take a lot of time, take a lot of energy. And so like, it was really fun. I got to do a lot of really fun stuff, but we definitely had to take breaks where we had to take breaks. Um, but what was good about this year? So I, there, it really did not feel crowded. Like, and mm. I think every single day, like, I think Saturday was of course like the most crowded, like there was definitely a good, chunk of people there but it really didn't feel crowded and i'll be interested to see how many attendees they have you know by the end of this or or if they ever put out that number i'm sure they will because um last year i was just going back through the previous years last year they had fifty three thousand attendees and it was mm -hmm. really packed um, and then of course 2020 they didn't have it at all but 2019 they had forty six thousand. so and then it, it basically went up about 10,000 folks from 2017, which would, would have, would have been mm. the first year they had like 22,000 people. So, but this year I honestly, like it must've been closer to like 46 or 36 mm. attendees because it was really not that crowded, which was really great. And, you know, they had mask protocol, but like not a lot of people wearing masks, which I can understand, like, because mask mandates aren't a thing right now in New York. Like, you don't right. need to wear a mask, especially if you're... And everyone that was going had to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID right. test. So, 
you know, obviously I feel fine and didn't catch it, but last year was a big, big, big Omicron, uh, Omicron variant came out there. But otherwise, like there was just, everything felt very spacious, you know, like it was crowded, but not overwhelmingly like we're sardines crowded. Um, there was a lot of things to see. There were like really, really awesome displays. They had a big, like one piece Luffy display that just like was such an eyesore, not eyesore, but like, you know, it takes your energy. Um, or it takes your attention, I should say. <laughs> right. It takes your attention. It takes your energy <clears throat> to look at. It doesn't. Um, Aniplex had a huge booth, like multiple booths. Like there was like, it felt like a whole quarter of the thing was just Aniplex. With just right. like, I guess, all their different properties. They had like a show um, that was like, they have like those like big, it's like a, I don't know. Anyway, they would do like a Demon Slayer show with like the big little plushy things and they did like poses and that was cute crunchyroll had a big display viz had a good display um i saw similar things that i saw at, at new york comic-con it kind of felt like they recycled some things on on both fronts yeah that's fine makes sense high dive had a really great pop and booth um i stopped by the yen press booth uh where else did i stop by there was truly so much oh the gundam expo was huge um they like set a world record that that you know that day i'm not really into gundam but alas what was the world um, record do you know it was for most people building a gundam at the same time <laughs> i'm not even kidding and i i forget all the the best boys attended our, our friends at the best boys podcast they attended and they were like part of the world record and and yeah. they were funny they were saying like and now you can only refer to me as like record holder like guinness world record holder best boy so and so i'm like you guys are the best like i just love them um but yeah i think you all had to like buy the same gundam and build it at the same. i don't know i didn't i didn't know anything about that but i just know that that yeah. happened um, i wonder if like <clears throat> i wonder if the i don't know the recession and just the flow of people that left new york city during covid have still not all returned i mean like myself included i haven't returned yet i'm just wondering like this is the first big con besides Comic-Con anime related back in New York City. So that is somewhat surprising that it was a smaller crew of people that, that came than the other time. It would be interesting to see kind of why that is. Because, I mean, it's not like interest in anime is waning by any sense. Um, so that, that's actually really interesting. What – I mean, I'm just curious. Like what between um, Aniplex and – Oh my gosh! What were the other ones? Uh, was was it Toei? Oh, Viz. Oh, like Toei. Yeah, Toei Head. Which which was like clearly the most populated line area? I think it was definitely Crunchyroll. I think oh really? More than Viz? Yeah, like Viz. Oh really? Viz was surprisingly like smaller. I would say. Like they were, they, it was like, Viz had like basically a big box and then through the, there were like three sides to the box that right. were like active with people. One was like selling merch. One was doing just like giveaways, like, and they, you know, were rotating out what they were giving away. Um, and then the other one was the Naruto ramen picture. Yeah. Where you could be in the bowl of ramen. And like, that was kind of it from Viz, unless I'm missing something, y'all can let me know. But I like Viz, it just felt like that was kind of what they were doing. It was all bleach. Like it was bleach yeah, stuff, years you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were selling like, I think like the first edition of the manga, they were selling like a bag. Um, oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. They were just like selling like a bunch of bleach stuff. What about Crunchyroll? 
Crunchyroll, I think, was really crowded because they were giving... Well, Crunchyroll had a big display. They had the Spy Family picture set up. They had um, a Chainsaw Man picture set up where you could just kind of go and take your picture. And they might have had one more, but I can't remember. Um, But the front of Crunchyroll, it just was like a big, like... Because Crunchyroll, you know, like, uh, funds Anime NYC or, like, is a main producer on it, right? Sponsor, yeah. Yeah, sponsor, thank you. Anime MIC sponsored by Crunchyroll. So like their their setup was like a kind of like a web, if that makes sense, but it was just like a big like outward display and you would kind of like walk under, but they were giving away tons of like freebies, like paper freebies. Like I saw people walking around with like a little hat thing that was just paper that you could make that was like Anya or like one that was like the chainsaws or like stuff like that. Like they were just kind of like giving away like posters and stuff. And I think maybe that's why it was so crowded. I didn't, I didn't go for any of that because I was like, what do I do with it after I have it? You know, like I'm not going to wear this again. So I'm, I'm good. Um, right. You know, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe you could have bought stuff there. I truly didn't even get in the crunch roll line. Hmm. I, I took the pictures like I took I just posted actually on my personal a green queen I posted a picture with power that I took and then me and Al took a picture with the spy family spy family um and that was really all I did around country roll I don't know uh, maybe there was more but that's not really where I was spending most of my time well I'll tell you what I observed from your Instagram and from the yeah. uh your your boyfriend's Instagram, the clear collaboration and uh, mutual attempt at free boba. That was uh, <laughs> that was yeah. very obvious. Yeah. I want to know if you were successful. I want to know what this magic boba was that you wanted so badly. <laughs> like what what happened? So milk milk and tea is a boba place in Queens and in Chelsea Market and. Yeah, we, we, like, they had been putting out, like, that they were going to be there, and Anime MSC was like, well, but, you know, Milk and Tea is going to be there, and they were putting out, so what was really cool is they were putting out drinks that they weren't necessarily going to have, but you could get at their store that are based on anime characters, so they'd be like, what would Pochita be as Boba, or what would Lloyd be as Boba, and, 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 uh, Lloyd, pardon me, oh, no, Lloyd, yeah, and, like, stuff like that, and I was like, that's so cool, like, that's so cool, so I followed them. And I've just been like hyping up their stuff all week to be like, maybe he can give me boba. <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't happen. We paid for a boba every single time. Um, but like Al had posted about them and then we walked, I think and we had it like on Friday because we got it every day. We got boba every day and we walked up the next day and I guess he had posted about them or something and they were like, oh, are you Al? And we were like, oh my God, oh my God, is it happening? <laughs> um it did not happen though but but it was very good the first day i had like a a matcha strawberry oat milk anya drink and i was like really happy about that but then every other day i was like i had a coffee boba because i needed it what a missed opportunity you would have probably gone so hard for them promotionally if you gotten a free drink no question i'm I'm devastated for you no question i would have had i would have had it i would have bought a drink in the morning and then I would have gone back for a free drink and had it again. Like uh, there's no, there's no question, but we did get um, coupons. We did get coupons where if we go to the one in Queens or the one in Chelsea, we can give them our fancy coupons and get a free upgrade to a large. I'm sure no one else got that that day. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, what what did you do at Artist Alley? And yeah, so yeah, so Artist Alley and and the again the best boys were. Ta- I just listened to their podcast about anime NYC, and they were talking about this, and I have some of the same sentiments. Like Artist Alley, and again, like I haven't gone in in over time, you know, when like anime NYC was really small, but Artist Alley felt very like commercial. Um. To, for to me, right? So like I saw a lot of the same people that I definitely saw last year and that I definitely saw at New York Comic Con. It just felt very like commercial. I saw some like smaller brands and actually I did. I wanted to shout out. I posted them up on our socials, but Jordan Kincaid who um uh made this beautiful piece we have here of Spy Family. They they have such a cute like Disney-esque way that they do their art and I just me and Alf absolutely fell in love with this and so we were like we need this and like I, I talked to Jordan a little bit about um you know their process and, and and their art and things like that so there were there were some really great artists but you know the best boys were even saying like you know they didn't see a lot of like local New York artists and um I I think I would say the same like a lot of the people that I saw you know, we're also people that are, you know, super popular on Instagram or, you know, things like that. So I, I would be interested in their credentials or the criteria that they use for Artist Alley. It was still great. Like there was still a lot of really cool things to look at. Like I think like my roommate got like a an acrylic um, Sebastian like stand where it's like all clear acrylic, but it's like a picture of him. Um, so that was cool. Um, lots of stickers, lots of keychains. I didn't, I didn't shop too much at Artist Alley. I kept it pretty simple. I just took something home from Jordan. Oh, I got also got a bookmark, but that was because it had um, a cat on it, a black cat. <laughs> I was like, well, wow, that. they really knew their target market, didn't they? <laughs> All they needed to do was have a black cat on it, and I was like, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, yeah, and. Meet? And then, yeah, as far as people we met, you know, I met a lot of really, really great. I finally got to meet, I keep renting them. I finally got to meet the best boys in person uh, because they were also there as press and they're just lovely. Like I love listening to them every week and, or every other week, pardon me, they put out episodes every bi-weekly and, um, you know, they, like I said, they are kind of been like my, my mentors <laughs> through, through Anime NYC. I was like, well, did you get accepted? And like, what did you put in your blah, blah? And like, what is it like? And, and stuff like that. So it was so good to meet uh, Justin and Dan in person. Um, I also made some new friends. So um, I met um, old Taku Jedi. His name is Jeff, <laughs> but he is uh, on TikTok and YouTube and he is such a wonderful human. Um, we just met, I forget, maybe we made the connection through TikTok, I think. Like I was posting and they were posting. Um, they go to conventions all the time, but, you know, they do something that's so special where they have such a community around. Uh, he, yeah, he has such a community around around him and really engages people of like, what are they watching? And, you know, what are you watching? How do you feel about this? And he he did a series that he was saying where he watched all of JoJo's Bizarre, but like every episode did like a, I just watched episode one, I watched episode two. And he was like, it was getting to the point where people were like, hey, did you watch? Like, have you watched yet? Like, what were your thoughts? And he was like, oh my God, like I how I don't have the time to watch this all the time or, you know, whatever. Um, 
And so I really want to bring him onto the podcast because I think he just has a very interesting life and, you know, he's a father, he's a teacher. I, I just would love to hear from him about his experience with his kids and anime. Like he mentioned, like him and his daughter were watching One Piece together. I was like, I mm -hmm. want to hear all of like her thoughts and your experience as a father sitting with your daughter and, and watching One Piece. Like, how does that feel? Like I, so he's definitely going to be on the podcast soon. You'll hear more from Otaku, old Otaku Jedi. Um, I also I met, name. right? <laughs> I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan too. I feel like we'd be good friends. You, I can't wait to make the connection. He's truly lovely. And, and he, like between me and Al, like we, we all started talking about kids and, and he was like, you guys just got, just wait. He's like, that's my best advice. Just wait. Um, so that, that was so special, like just such a good energy. Um, and then when I met him, I also met Jenny from BX, who I'll shout out. She's, um, a voiceover artist here in the Bronx. Um, and now we're friends on TikTok and stuff like that. So shouts out Jenny from the BX. Um, and then of course I met Jordan Kincaid, who, like I said, I interviewed on the podcast. Um, and then I was also able to meet uh, this guy named Tom uh, from Medioku Con. So this is a, a, a con in Baltimore and he was promoting it at this convention and just a, a lovely lovely person. And I have an interview with him about the convention and things like that. And I'll be posting that to our socials, but those are just some of the people that I was able to meet and like really just kind of casually chat with and talk to. Um, and then we also did some interviews. So we were accepted to interview Mel Kishida, who is a Japanese illustrator. He's designed characters for um, Blue Reflection and, you know, various anime, video games, um, things like that. And one of the most interesting things uh, that uh, when I was talking to him was I asked him a question of like, you know, what is some of the criteria and what are some of the things, differences between, you know, uh, designing a character for an anime versus designing a character for a video game. And so something interesting that he was saying was um, that when people come to him to do something, they they're coming to him for his style. And he does a lot of like very pretty, like young girls. Like he just like is able to ca and capture like that, just very like beautiful essence and um, so that's a lot of the characters he does and they, they are really pretty. You should definitely look him up. And then he was also saying that, you know, he can be a little bit more specific in or detailed. I think he said in video games because it's three dimensional. So you kind of have a whole thing, whereas, you know, 2D, you really only have like one, you know, of one look of each character. But it was really, really cool to be able to hear from somebody who is sort of like boots on the ground and. And I'll, I can make, you know, uh, more content with him that on our socials and a little bit more detailed. Um, and then we also got to talk to King Vader, who Gio, you would love, like you would love this guy. He's so humble and awesome. Like he really mm. blew, blew me away as a person. And I, I had watched some of his stuff, you know, just in being in the community. And of course, before I was like, let me watch a little bit more. And I really only got to watch, uh, ask one question. <laughs> so a lot of people, you know, were talking about him in the anime space and being like a, a young black creator. And it really is true. Like when we talk about anime in the mainstream, I don't think that, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with um, 
black content creators that love anime. I think that black creators and, you know, black folk are some of the people that really brought anime to the forefront as far as the mainstream up for debate, I guess, or like up for discussion. But I think that they, you know, had a really big hand in that. And you cannot have that conversation without talking about King Vader. Um, You just can't like, he's the creator of hood Naruto, which is like a, I don't say that they're like spoofs, but it's like a retelling of the story, but like through his, you know, comedic lens and his take on things. And um, you should definitely check him out. He's got tons of subscribers on YouTube. His channels get, uh, or pardon me, his videos get like thousands and thousands of views. Um, But the question I got to ask him, because I wanted to hear a little bit more about him as a person, you know, like we could talk about his accolades, of course, and he probably does often, but I asked him, what was your, what was a moment in Naruto that really impacted you and shaped who you are as a person's day? Amazing question. Uh, great question. And he said that too. I was like, I feel so happy. He was like, great question. Great question. <laughs> and he talked about this moment in Naruto in, a, in one of the movies, and I haven't seen it, um, but where Naruto is in a tunnel and like a train tunnel and the train is coming and they have to run and he has this girl on his back and, you know, he's, he's running with her. And he's, he was saying like, even she, you know, was saying to Naruto, like, there's no way you can do this, blah, blah, blah. And um, Naruto, of course, in Naruto fashion, along some other lines, says like, well, I will and I can believe it, you know. And uh, I think that 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 kind of story is a really big part of what drives him is being told no, you know, like or being told that he can't like that is a really big uh, that was at least my impression. Like he's very humble and he is very, very driven by like uh proving people wrong like that's what i think at least like in and his energy and i think you know it's it is inspiring like it is inspiring of like oh well you know like maybe it's oh you how how do you do this or how do you do that like you could never do that you're so young or you you know whatever and he's just like absolutely screw that like i will direct write and create and star in all of my own stuff and that's what he does and he was like, I, he actually mentioned, he was like, I want to be known as one of the like greatest directors of my time or, or something like that. Or like, he's like, that was like something that I would, you know, love to strive for is like be just being a really amazing director. Uh, mm. I have the whole interview, um, you know, on video and uh, when other people ask it, I'll definitely, you know, post that to a little bit more to our socials if, if people are interested um, and give a little more context on that. But yeah. He was great. He was really great. He blew me away. Um, <clears throat> I just need to take a quick water. <laughs> well, I want to hear. I want to hear about uh, some of the panels that you attended too. So I'll go through panels, kind of like as they happened in my week. Um, so I didn't really attend a lot of panels on Friday, just because. I was running around with the interviews and stuff. And it was honestly hard to attend panels. Like I wanted to attend a lot of panels that weren't like reservation required or weren't like mainstream top build panels, but were more like community panels. And I really did not get a chance to um, just because like with the bigger panels, they're at a certain time and you have a reservation. So you have to be there. And then with that, it's like, 
you know, I have to get in line earlier too. You know, like I was waiting in line for like Hajime Isayama before it started for an hour. And I was still not the first person in line. And like that eats up time. Like some of these things are back to back. So I don't know. I was really sad about that. I was like, if we were together, we maybe could have split our time a little more um, and been able to attend more things or report on more things. But like oh, so many community ones, I was really sad I missed. But the big name ones that I went to, um, I went to the High Dive panel where they basically talked about, you know, some shows that are already on High Dive. Um, of course, they mentioned Made in Abyss. And they mentioned like Occupy Made War and, you know, some of the ones, and uh, your boy Kong Ming. Never, never forget your boy Kong Ming. It's a sleeper. It's a sleeper. <laughs> um, so they talked about that and, you know, they talked about High Dive. I think High Dive is really up and coming. Like they're, they're making such a push and they really already have a catalog that has a little bit of everything for everyone, which was kind of the highlight of this panel. Like they were like, we have, something for everybody and we're only five dollars a month no ads which like to have access to that you know crunchyroll i think is like what how much is crunchyroll now 15 i don't even know maybe oh, really yeah i don't i don't know but like it, it for instance like i just had to buy hulu for bleach and that's 15 dollars a month you know for no yeah. ads and like i'm sorry i'm not watching ads I'm yeah. not, I'm not there. I, if they paused bleach at any point to show me a fucking ad, I'm throwing my TV across the room. Like I'm not doing it. I I'm not <laughs> doing it. I think I thankfully have the means and I won't be watching ads. Uh, but anyway, high dive $5 a month, completely ad free. And if you were there, they were giving away a free month and a commemorative pin if you signed up too. So I was like, that's such a deal. Um, but some of the things that they announced for their winter season um, was these are ones that they mentioned, they mentioned a lot, but these were three that I was like, I would watch that. And I'm going to watch that. Um, one of them was spy classroom, which I, I think a lot of people had must've read because when they showed that everyone was like, wow. So that must have a following in some way, shape or form. I've never heard of it. Um, have you heard of that spy classroom? No, it's, no, I haven't. It's, it, I never heard of it, but basically, from what I'm understanding, it follows um, this girl. She, you know, is joins like a spy school and then gets, you know, put into like this spy group. And the group, from what I, I think it's like a comedy. The group doesn't seem like it's like the most elite spies. They okay. seem like a, a ragtag team of spies. You know, um, I could be wrong, but that was what I what I got from that. And it looks fun. Like, it looks like there's going to be a character for everybody kind of the same, like, I, you know, with like blue lock, I would say is like, there's a character for everybody. Um, right. You know, it was a ragtag team. They like show each of their, like in the trailer, they like show each of their like headshots, if you will, or like a shot of them. And they're all like, you know, so different from each other. I was like, that's going to be cute. They're all ladies too. They're all girls. And that's I, mm. anyway, I'm excited for that. Um, another one was Kubo won't let me be invisible. This feels very, and, and the best boys were saying this too. It feels very like Shikamori is not just a cutie where it's about this boy who like wants like to have the best experience in high school as he can, but he's like, everyone sees him as invisible except for this one girl who, you know, won't let him be invisible, like always talking to him, always whatever, playing with him. So I'm excited to see like, it's just slice of life, cute comedy. That's what it looks like to me. Right. Um, Another one that I'm really excited for is uh, Sudane. Have you seen this? No. So 
Sudane is an anime about Kudo, which is like Japanese archery. Mm. And they announced that they have that they'll be putting out the second season. But mm-hmm. Geo, it looks so beautiful. Yeah, like a it Shinkai looks, series. Beautiful. It looks it literally looks so freaking beautiful. And so um they they announced that they're gonna put out the movie. And I, I was not sure, and I, I should have looked this up, but I'm not sure if the movie is like a season one in a movie i didn't i wasn't sure if it was that or or if it's its own movie but from what i'm understanding in season one the main character like falls in love with the sport again and then season two i guess is like the continuation of that story probably a big struggle that they'll have to go through you know etc but i want to go back and watch the first season because they have the first season they have a movie now and or they're gonna have a movie and then they're gonna have the second season so that's definitely on my list um, so that's, it, it that's is, from Hyde. Sorry. As a sport, it is just like absolutely beautiful. Like it's hard to, it's hard to just call it Japanese archery and like leave it at that because it like mm-hmm. fundamentally is, but it's so much more than that. Like when you watch people draw the bow and you listen to the sound that it makes, it's just, it's, it's an art. Like it's so beautiful. Um, and I'm, and I'm guessing that it's not an increasingly popular sport in Japan anymore. Obviously, like this kind of archery was a a predominant means of military might in history. So, like, it was a lot more popular back in the day. But like, if an anime can bring attention to this beautiful form and encourage more people to explore it, that that justifies it all on its own, and it's worth watching. It's it is stunning, stunning. It really like feels like it's going to be that kind of anime that takes something that we just see from the outside and gives us as the viewer, like such a different perspective of like being in it. Right. You know? Um, so I want to go back and I want to watch that whole thing again. Of course. And they, they announced other stuff. Like they announced um, this other anime that's based on a manga that's popular where it's, it follows like the dog of a person. Oh, interesting. But it looks it looks cute. I'm I it looks a little bit like I'm gonna see like maybe questionable things from like the dogs. I, or maybe he gets reincarnated as the dog. I don't know. But like I, I don't I don't know exactly. I forget, but I it didn't excite me, but I know it has a following, so I'm mentioning it. Um sure. Yeah, but anyway, if you don't have high dive, like uh listen, get it. I don't know what else to tell you. Okay, let's uh, let's stop playing games here. Okay. <laughs> Not that we were playing games this whole time, but let's talk about what we really need to talk about. <laughs> How was it meeting your favorite anime creator, Hajime Isayama? What was that like? It was definitely um, like I, I I struggle to say things because I'm like people are going to listen to this and think that I'm so crazy, but like, they've been doing that my whole life. Like, I don't know. Like I just, (laughs) I'm, I'm precious about things. And so this was a very, very precious time for me. It was like incredibly humbling and it was very like surreal. Like, and people could say what they want. They could say what they want about me, but like AOT had such a, uh, an effect on me just as a, 
as an art form, like as, or as a piece, like it really captivated me. I, I was able to dig through all these layers and see the story at the core, you know, which I think is, is a gift and a privilege. Um, and I know that AOT is not for everybody. And I always preface whatever I say with that because people, I'm always afraid that people will be like, how can you like such a disgusting anime with these babies? And like, who could ever come up with that? And I'm like, it's like, I like it because it's taking something that is unfathomable and it mm. weaves in such a complex layered story with full characters on every end. And, you know, that's why I love it. Yeah. It took something that I could never have imagined and it made something, you know, where, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be them or like, I wanted to play them. Like I'm an actor and that, of course, like I want to play in movies and things that are unimaginable and, you know, groundbreaking. And so all of that I'm, there. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say the obvious. You don't need yeah. to justify your love for AOT to anyone. I, I, I just want to. I just want to acknowledge that AOT is phenomenal, and anybody who listens to you and listens to the passion that you have for the anime and doesn't understand it never will. And there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. And and yeah, you don't know. You don't know an excuse to anyone. AOT is phenomenal, and you're phenomenal. So <laughs> I I want to know. <laughs> what I want to know is when he walked in the room, what happened to you? <laughs> Did Geo, you feel it? Did you, or was it kind of like, oh, he's just kind of like an ordinary guy that just happens to be brilliant? Like, what was it like? It was, it was a little bit of both, right? Like he, he definitely carries himself not like he's the most important person in the room, even though he clearly was. Like yeah. he was the most important person the whole weekend. Right. Sorry, yeah. like he was, and um, does not carry himself like that. Like does, like just walks in very, very grateful, very humble. And like, obviously he is speaking Japanese and I know very limited Japanese. And so I don't know everything that he's saying, but I could give, get the essence of when he's speaking, you know, right. what that's like. Um, and, you know, he's, he's as a person, very, um, uh, uh, he, I don't want to say that he, he he is small because he's not, but like it's the essence of him that's like he is taking up exactly the amount of space that his body takes up. You know, you know what I mean. Some people walk in and they're like, "Oh, I'm yeah. here," and he's not that guy. Yeah. Like, not that guy. Um, but when he walked in, right the the I forget his name. Oh, the person that works for Kanansha. I think his name is like Ben Applegate, but or Ken maybe. Sorry, I'm forgetting your name. <laughs> but, you know, he announces uh, Hajime Isayama and Gio. There was a 30, a full 30 second standing ovation in the room. Like it it was one of those ovations that, oh, he's here. Oh, my God. And he's really here. And we're all freaking out again. You know, like it was like it, it was so good to be in a room full of people that get it. <laughs> I get it and we're really excited and um I was sitting fairly close which was great I think I was in like maybe like the sixth maybe fifth or sixth row um and it was it was just like so exciting and then you know he sits down and they begin the interview and he he like I said, his frame is a little bit smaller. You know, you can come for his hair if you need to. You know, some people were like, he looks unkept. And I was like, it looks like it's done. It's just like, it's like a messy vibe. Like, it's just, that's what it is. Like, clearly you only have one 
view of what hairstyles are supposed to look like, but like yeah. his hair was curly and wavy and it looked done. And he was just in all black, like nothing flashy. Um, but you can kind of tell like, cause later on in the interview, he talks about, you know, that he would only like, especially during the end of attack on Titan, he was like, I was only sleeping for two to three hours a day for months. And yeah. I think that that must have taken a toll on his body um, yeah. because, you know, it's not that he looks tired, but he looks like a man that, you know, needs to rest. <laughs> he looks like he deserves rest. And it's funny because I, I forget what, how it came up, but he was like, you know, or he had mentioned like going to the sauna. <laughs> he was like, go, go to sauna. <laughs> and, um, you know, he like even gave that as advice for people of like, I think everyone should go to the sauna. And I'm like, that must be like his one man place of peace. Yeah. Is going to the sauna. Um but as far as what he talked about, he talked about um, you know, the creation of Attack on Titan, his early days as like a mangaka. Um, cause this is really like, he's, I think everyone says like, you know, you could look it up too. Like he's written one other thing besides AOT or, you know, but he had submitted AOT somewhere and they were like, absolutely not. And then he submitted one other place. And this is the story. This is always the way it is, right? The one last chance where people are like, all right, if this audition doesn't go through, or if this, you know, thing doesn't happen, then I'm going to give it up. And this is what happened to him, right? He's like, if, if this publisher doesn't accept me. I'm done. I'm going to go. And Kodansha, of course, is like, yes. <laughs> and, you know, starts to publish AOT. And um, it turns into what it is today. And, you know, they had asked him questions about, like, you know, where where did you get this story from? And he mentions this book called Kaiju. It's by uh, Kiyoshi Yamashita. And it's a children's book. And... Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. It's a children's book. Um, it's a, a story about monsters. And then they ask him this question of, oh, did you know how AOT was going to end? Hold on. I just want to pull up the picture. Um, so he goes to, the, they, they ask him, you know, did you know how AOT was going to end from the beginning? And he was like, yes and no. I didn't know how it was going to end, but I knew that I wanted it to look like this. I'm going to unmute you, but this is how he, and I'll, I'll post this for everyone. Um, when I post this to YouTube, but he was like, I wanted it to end like this. And like, for me, uh, first of all, it's terrifying, a children's book. And it's terrifying, but, um, I'm going <coughs> to unmute. I'm going to unmute you. Sorry. You were muted. I didn't realize but, I was muted, but it's, okay. the, it's like very rumbling esque, right? It's so the rumbling. It's yeah. so, so the rumbling, like interesting, right? Like I, and all, all the, obviously look at the kaiju. They're all different. There's this one, there's one like that, like a spider, a snake. And I guess I haven't of course read this book, although I now am dying to, I would love to own it, but I think I like tried to look it up. I think it's like a hundred dollars now. It's probably like really old. Um, <laughs> it's probably like really old, but you know, I think that that's, a, you could say what you want about the picture, but I think that's so 
fascinating. He's like, I don't know what it's going to end like, but it's going to end like this. And like, the, and, and it, you can kind of tell that he did have an idea. Like they asked that question, having to know that he had an idea the whole time. Cause you can't yeah. consume this story over now four seasons and a movie soon to be and not know that he had something the whole time. Yeah. Like, and, and, um, I, it was just like, it was just so like, again, like surreal to hear him speak about that. Like, it was just so like everything about AOT to me is like, I love the discovery. And so like this moment felt like that. I was like, mm. Oh my God, because of course. And like, when you look at it, it's it just like the, the process, everything was just like, it blows my mind in a way that's very, very exciting to me. And yeah, he, he mentions like, Oh, where did you get inspiration for some of your characters and how was it introducing, you know, the Marley characters to the story. And, and I think you might've seen it everywhere. If you've watched this, it was like posted seconds after I left the panel, but like, you know, he got inspiration for Gabby from, Oh no, I forget where from another show that we would know that I can't think of maybe shameless. No, 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 no. Anyway, and then uh, he got inspiration for Falco from, like, Jesse from Breaking Bad. Oh, Arya. Oh, my gosh. He, he got in the inspiration for Gabby was Arya Stark. Oh, that hurts to hear. That hurts I know. Because I love, I love Arya and I, I fucking Arya. hate Gabby. <laughs> I know. I, but when you think about it, when you think about it, you're like, of course, they do have the same values. They do have the sure. same values, you know. And 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 the thing the thing is about Gabby is she was doing what she's been always told was right. Right. Personally, fuck you. Yeah. Intellectually I'm so mad speaking. About... <laughs> Never mind, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but she kills somebody I really fucked with. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, she's the one person that I really resonated with in this whole story. I was like, that'd be me. No question. <laughs> but it was just awesome i think i'll be talking about it for a very long time you know yeah. still like remembering and unpacking um all wait things. i just remembered that on the podcast i asked you to zoom into his face did you do it geo i did it yes oh well we have to see that you have I to did like, it. you have I'll, to put I'll, it in on this video i'll put it on this video for sure oh my god i need it i totally did i was like i have to follow the rules and the rules are I have to do this. I totally yeah. I'm gonna see if I can quickly show you. Sorry, you can edit all this nonsense out. Wait, so we did Disney and then we did AO and then <laughs> I have had a hell of a three weeks, not gonna lie. Okay, this is Saturday. You weren't allowed to take photos or pictures. Why is it like fucked up? Oh really? You weren't? Yeah. So this was super see how we it was so low key, and then I tried to get him, and I I couldn't really do it. I like couldn't really see him. He's like here, mm. but like I had to do it because so, there there were people running around Watching. being like, "Do not," but like yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll post this and hope that they don't come for me. But <laughs> yeah, ah, oh, God, it just was crazy to 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 see him. Because it and it is the kind of thing where I still don't understand how that story came out of him. But 
like knowing the book and like seeing that and, and seeing like just obviously the clear drive of inspiration. And that's how like creatives are, right? Like that's how yeah. some of the best creatives are. It's like something just captures them. And then it's like, a, I need to do this. I need to do it. Like I get that way. Chanel was saying uh, my roommate, you know, I, I was reading something or like I'd seen a scene and like not a donut. I was like, I need to like do this scene. Like I just need to like, be this character. So like she like read with me for like a scene and like it went nowhere. I just was like, I need to, I need to act in this scene right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say yet. It's still <laughs> been a week and, and I, I, there's still probably more that I'll keep bringing up. Um, as the podcast goes on, I don't know. It was Fair great. Well. Yeah, I that's that's that. It's hard to go on to anything else. I know it's um, hard to move on from Hajime Isayama, but we are running out of time. Um, you attended a really interesting game improv something. I, I don't even know. What, what was no, that? I had no idea what it was, but Felice, our friend, uh, the Scarlet Feathercoat, was like, you gotta go. It's so fun. We got tickets and we went and it was called Lava Live. It's an improvised audience participation variety show starring voice actors Ray Chase, Robbie Damon, and Max Middleman. Middleman, pardon me. And it was honestly at the end of Saturday and we were freaking exhausted. It started at like 8 p.m. It wasn't going to end until like 10. And we were like, I don't even know if I want to do this. It's really tiring and I'm really tired and I want to go home and I want to eat. But we stayed and it was so, so funny. And they like run a podcast and like run a show and stuff. And they did like a bunch of improv games and stuff. It just, it's, if you ever see that at a convention, like try to go. It was just genuinely so funny. Mm. Um, and then honestly, the whole weekend ended with the Bleach panel, which right. had, uh, you know, Michelle oh. Ruff and Derek Stephen Prince or Stephen Prince, pardon me. Um, John, Johnny Young Bosch, the voice of Ichigo was supposed to be there, um, but, you know, canceled last the last minute day of. And, um, you know, at first I was like, I hope he's OK. Like, I hope he's not sick. Hope, you know, everything's all right. And then I kind of took to Twitter to kind of see if people were saying anything and um, that. I forget his name, but that the Power Ranger who had passed away um, very recently, they were close. And so they were like, he probably didn't want to do anything that day. And that's very understandable. So, you know, we just, uh, we, we sent our love to him that day. Um, No one said anything at the panel, but like I was doing that privately. I was like, "Mm, just thinking of you, buddy. Like yeah. totally fine. But the voice of Rukia was there. The voice of Udiyu was there. They, they, they were like, the biggest thing about that was that they love bleach and it was so good. <laughs> to, to, yeah. They love bleach. Like Michelle Ruff, forget it, is the biggest bleach fan I think I've ever met. She was like <laughs> down. She's like, I'm Rukia. so happy. Rukia's voice, right? She's Rukia. Yeah, yeah. She's Rukia's voice. And she was just like, this is I'm so excited. I love Bleach. Everything's amazing. You know, yada, yada, yada. And they knew a lot about the show. They loved the show. They gave advice to fans. It, it was it was great. It was just a big celebration of Bleach. And then we watched um, episode three uh, of this Thousand Year Blood War, Thousand Year Blood War arc, Thousand right. Year Blood War um, in English dub. And it was awesome. It was actually cool because they have speakers like around the whole thing, so it was kind of oh, like cool to hear it in like I guess around sound super... episode of Bleach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. 
Very cool. Well, obviously, that's an opposite experience than the one that you had with the Attack on Titan dubcast the previous uh, year. (laughs) At least they care and know a lot about their show. I think it's different, too, because, like, you know, like, the Big Three was the Big Three for so long, and Bleach was so popular for so long. I mean, I don't know if I can say that, though. Like, Attack on Titan's been really popular for a long time, but... Attack on Titan also had that huge break. Well, so did Bleach. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm giving, letting them off the hook too easily. But yeah, I, I uh, as a longtime Bleach fan, am very happy to hear that the voice actors really love the show. And uh, Bleach is so good right now. And and honestly, it gets better, which is so shocking. Like it's so good, and it's beautiful, and they're nailing it. And Oh, I'm so excited. And I'm really excited that you got to meet Hajime Siyama. I'm really jealous. I could have been there too. <laughs> I'm so upset. But next year I'll definitely be there and uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, this has been a great episode. Um, I'm Binge Monster. And I'm a Green Queen. And uh, look forward to next week's episode. Thanks. <laughs>